morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We do welcome you back to our series entitled Why. It's a, it's a, a little bit jumbled up back and forth as we had Mother's Day last week. We'll have a guest speaker next week, and we're, but we're working our way through some of these questions. These are some of the, uh, the familiar why questions that many individuals asked. We've already looked at the question, why don't I always feel God? Sometimes we wonder why we don't feel or sense or, or uh, seem like he is moving in our lives. In future weeks, we'll look at one of those all-time popular why questions. Why do bad things happen to good people? We'll look at some other whys as well. Last time together, we began the, uh, the study exploring this question, why doesn't God answer my prayers? It's, it's one of those top why questions as well. It's, it's up there. And we wonder, because many of you have had a prayer. So let's just double check. How many of you in this place, you have prayed a prayer that was not answered? Would you raise your hand? Those of you without your hands raised, we're heading to you because you, you've been perfect. Either that or you just forgot to lift up your hand. I'm, I'm thinking that might be it. And what we, what we saw last time was this. We were in good company. So uh, if, if you were not with us last time, hang on. We're going to explore and just kind of quickly review everything. If you were with us, hang on. We're going to quickly review. But what we explored was that there's good news. You and I are not alone. We looked at Paul, and, and Paul prayed, and, and his prayer wasn't answered. I'm here to tell you, not every one of my prayers have been answered. And a whole bunch of you had your hands raised, and the rest of you should have. We're in good company, right? If your prayer's not been answered, or if it, maybe it's not been answered the way you want or when you want, we're in good company. So we explored some of that last week. So we also explored the beginning of some of these biblical reasons why. Now, I'm, I'm wanting to caution us because this is not the all-time definitive, this is absolutely why your prayer is not answered. I can't say that. It, it's God. All, all of these prayers go to God. It's God who is sovereign, God who's able to heal or answer or yes or no or wait. But what we're looking at, these are a number of biblical principles as we look through some of these scriptures and some of these principles and so these are all maybes. We're asking a why question, and we're giving some maybes. Here are some biblical, scriptural possibilities. Why maybe your prayer, or why maybe someone else's prayer has not been answered. So we'll kind of review what we looked at last time, and then plunge a little further and answer uh, with a few more maybes. So last time we looked at maybe prayers are not answered because there are broken relationships. And we looked at three types of broken relationships. We'll, we'll kind of whiz through them. First of all, we said, maybe you've got no relationship with God. There's all kinds of scriptures and all kinds of principles. First Peter says that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are attentive to their prayers. A lot of promises and principles for the Christian, for the believer, but it does not mean if you're a Christian, automatically all your prayers are answered. Because I'm trusting that in this place, you're Christians, and yet, boy, 
Hands were raised all over the place saying that I've had a prayer not answered. So being a Christian does not guarantee that your prayers are going to be answered. Yet we know that there are many principles in his word that he hears and desires to answer the prayers of his children. So maybe there's no relationship with God. Secondly, maybe you've got a broken relationship with God. You gave your life to Christ. You're a Christian, but maybe over time you've let sin creep in, and, and so that wall or that, uh, uh, that barrier has kind of been built up between you and God. What we saw in uh, Psalm 66, the psalmist said, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Maybe we've got a relationship with God, but sin's crept in. We've not dealt with that sin. We've not asked him to cleanse and to forgive us. So that, that's something to consider. Now, again, this is not some guarantee that says, okay, I go to God. I ask him to cleanse and to forgive me. So now anything I want is mine. These are not guarantees. These are simply uh, principles that say, let's make sure that we're right with God and have a relationship with him. And then as a Christian, let's make sure that we stay right with God. So maybe there's no relationship with God or a broken relationship with God. We also looked about maybe there's a broken relationship with others. We're praying to God. We're praying to God. But one of the scriptures from Mark chapter 11, he's saying, when you stand praying, if you hold something against anyone, forgive them that your Father in heaven would forgive you. The principle is, if there's something not right, make it right before we go to God. Again, this is not some magic formula that says, okay, uh, there's ought between me and this individual, so I'm going to go, I'm going to make it right, and then again, I go to God, and boom, it's an automatic answer to prayer. But the principle is, have a relationship with God, Stay strong in that relationship with God and be right in your relationships with others. Relationships matter. They're, they're important when it comes into prayer. So these are not magic potions, magic formulas, but they're good principles to say maybe the relationships, either with God or with others, are broken. Secondly, what we looked at was this, kind of a, a simple one, but maybe you haven't prayed it seems like a kind of a common sense thing. Why isn't God answering my prayers? And maybe the fact is we haven't been praying. We haven't been asking. We haven't been seeking. James 4.2 says you have not because you ask not. And we say, oh, but God knows everything. God knows what I have need of before I pray. Yes. So pray. Ask. Seek. Knock. Once again, the caution, just because we ask for it doesn't mean God is legally bound to say yes. But let's ask. Let's, let's take our needs. Let's take our requests of any kind. You've dealt with little kids. But they've got the, the honest and the earnest and the most sincere form of prayer, right? Everything from a, a hurt pinky uh, to, a, to a sick doggy. They believe God can heal and answer and, and, and whatever those needs are, God can move. Let's come to the Lord with the faith of a child and let's ask. So why aren't our prayers answered? Sometimes we just simply don't come to God. We don't pray. 
Number three, we looked at last time. We continued on in James chapter 4. We said maybe it was because we were praying with wrong motives. James 4.3 says when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And sometimes that's the case. Maybe what we're asking for is good, but the motives, the reasons why we want what we want, maybe that's not the most pure. Maybe it is a little bit selfish. Maybe it is a little bit about us. So maybe we've got to allow God to kind of inspect our heart and our motives. And then fourthly, what we looked at last time, maybe we don't believe that God can or will. We looked at the scripture from Mark 9, the Father and the Son, and he says, Jesus, if you can do anything, heal him. And Jesus says, everything is possible for the one who believes. Did Jesus say, everything is guaranteed, money back? Did Jesus say, everything is automatic for him who believes? He said, everything is possible. Boy, everything is possible. Healing is possible. Provision is possible. All of these things are possible, but it's still up to the Lord. It's still up to him. So we've got to have that balanced faith. Remember we looked at, understand faith is important. Hebrews says that, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. Let's make sure that we do have faith. We trust and believe, but it's not up to having faith. It's not up to whether we have enough faith. That's saying that we're basically forcing God to move. Well, I've got faith or I've got enough faith, so God must heal. God must answer. God must provide. We've got to be balanced. Faith is important, but there's trust in him. So those are some of the things we've looked at last time. Broken relationships, maybe we've not prayed, maybe we've got wrong motives, maybe we don't believe that God can or will answer. So we're going to inspect and, and look at a handful of other reasons this morning. Again, some biblical possibilities. Why might our prayers not be answered? Overall, and this is number five, maybe God has something different in mind. Yeah, we don't like that so much, do we? Don't we want it? It's like the Burger King. We want it our way. But maybe, just maybe, what we want isn't the best, and God has something different in mind. Maybe you've got a particular answer in mind, and God says otherwise. You want a yes, and God says no. You want to know, and God says yes. Remember we were looking at the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This man of God who wrote two-thirds or so of the New Testament who went through all kinds of trials and hardships and tribulations for his faith in Jesus Christ, he prayed. Remember the very specific prayer, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. He writes, In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses that Christ's power may rest on me. Did you catch that? 
Paul prayed, and he prayed multiple times, remove this thorn in the flesh. We, we looked last time about all the bunch of possibilities of what that could be. But Paul's saying, I want you, God, to take this thorn in the flesh, take this thing, physical, spiritual, relational, whatever that is, take that away, remove that. God had something different in mind. Paul was saying, get rid of it. God was saying, no, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. How many of you love weakness? We tend to like strength. We, we much prefer strength. So we're saying, God, I want to be healed, healthy, and strong. Sometimes God might have something different in store. We say, but God, couldn't you teach me about your strength and your grace? Some other way, like healing immediately, like providing immediately. Whatever the case is, we want that and we want it now. And sometimes God has a different answer in store. Paul wanted these healings. God's answer was different than what he was asking for. I'm certain that was not Paul's plan. That was not Paul's desire, was that he would pray multiple times only to have that thorn in the flesh stick around. Typically, when you pray for something, when you pray for a healing, that's what you prefer, not the continued sickness. When we pray for God's financial blessings, we pray for the blessings, not for the continued struggle. If we pray for relationships, we pray that they're mended, not frayed. But sometimes what we pray for and what we receive are different. We say, God, I want you to move like this. Sometimes what God has in mind is different than what we would choose or prefer. Do we understand that not every prayer is, is going to be answered how and when and why? We want. God's ideas might be different than ours. Is that a revelation for us? The scripture from Isaiah 55 says what? My thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord, nor are my ways your ways. They're, they're higher. My ways are higher than yours. But God, I don't like that. God, I think that my ways ought to be your ways. Uh, let's, let's let them be a little lower, God. <laughs> Lower your expectations and just simply let my ways be what you feel like. Let's not have this different stuff. Sometimes what we hope for, pray for, prefer, maybe when we pray for something, maybe what God has in mind is simply different than what we would have in mind. How many of you, you, you've prayed for something and you felt as if God answered, but then God answered differently? Maybe God fulfilled your prayer, but it wasn't how you wanted it. See, you sort of got the answer, right? But not how you wanted it. Because maybe God had something different in mind. Boy, this is a challenge for us. It's a stretch for us because we, we want what we want when we want it. 
But maybe, maybe it's because God has something different in mind. The, uh, what was it, the great philosopher, I think it was, Garth Brooks, he said some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. <laughs> well, God, if, if you would just do this, do exactly what I want, and sometimes God says, I'm going to answer, but I'm going to answer differently. It's a challenge for us. So whether it's the philosopher and country artist Garth, whether it's Paul in 2 Corinthians or the prophet Isaiah, many times it's because God has something different in mind. Number six, why doesn't God answer our prayers? Maybe, and this is somewhat similar to the last one, maybe God has something better in mind. I say better, and, and I, I saw some of your ears. They literally perked up. This is the one we like, right? This is the one we hope for. That if God's going to answer, or in fact, if he's not going to answer exactly what we want, this is what we want then. We say, okay, if you're not going to answer exactly what I want, then do this, which is do something better. How many of you love that word better? We like the idea. Maybe God has something better in mind. When God says no, or, or God says hold off, or wait, or later, when we look back and see, wow, God did something better, this is what we like. Maybe God has something even better than what we're asking for or praying for. Here's what Paul writes in Ephesians 3.20. He says, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. It's according to his power that is at work within us. Man, we like that scripture. God's able not just to squeak by. God's able not just to barely do what we ask. It says he's able to do immeasurably more. Not just than we ask, but immeasurably more than we can imagine. How many of you have some good imaginations? You haven't lost it since you were a kid, right? Kids tend to have real good imaginations. The older we get, sometimes the less we imagine. But it's not just God can do a little more than we ask. It's immeasurably more than we ask, but it's immeasurably more than we imagine. Sometimes we pray and we seek and we ask and we knock and we want this and God's kind of smiling at us and saying, boy, that's a great prayer, but if you only knew what I've got in store for you, if you only knew what I've got in store for you, it's something that's better. Sometimes he says no, or sometimes he says wait, or, or sometimes he says slow down, and sometimes maybe it's because he's got something even better in store. I'm sure you've been here. You've had a child, or you've had a grandchild, or you've had, maybe it's a spouse, but maybe they were in the supermarket checkout line throwing a tantrum, because they wanted something that was at that line. 
Maybe it's candy. Maybe it's the toy. Maybe it's a trinket. Maybe it's something, you know, that, that impulse gift from the dollar store, and you're, you're walking past, and they are going crazy. They're, they're like holding their breath till they're blue in the face. They're, they're stomping up and down, throwing themselves on the floor. I don't know what you did as a kid, or maybe your kids or grandkids did, but, but typically, at times, kids can do something like that. We grown-ups can too. We're just a little more dignified when we do it, right? But you ever been there? You ever had one of those kids or grandkids or been one of those kids or grandkids? What do we say? I want it. I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. And as a parent, you're looking at that thing your child or grandchild or someone else wants, and you're saying, it's like it, it's a dollar thing. It, it's a piece of candy I know I've got something we're going to stop at this place on the way home so that's nothing in comparison to what I want to give to you on the way home or they, they want that that little toy or that little trinket and you're looking at that saying that looks like it's going to bust before we finish paying for it I found something on sale just last week and, and I was going to hold that off for you and so in your mind you're thinking I want to say no to this, not to be mean, not to punish, but really to bless. I want to say no to this because I'm about to say yes to something better, only you don't know it right about now. And what are they doing? Whining, complaining, throwing a fit. They don't get it. Because much like you and I, we want things when we want them, how we want them. And sometimes, maybe, there's something better in store. You've probably been there as a parent, as a grandparent, and you've been through that situation where you, you're saying no to this because I've got, I've got bigger and better plans that I know you're going to love. This little thing, this is, this is going to be satisfying for half an hour until it breaks. But I've got something that's really geared for you, specifically for you. Maybe God's got something better in mind. Do you trust in God? Do you trust that he knows what's best for you? I mean, we love our girls, and, and we love to surprise and do things for our girls, and, and, and sometimes maybe they'll ask for something, but we've had something, we've been gearing up a plan or, or a surprise or something, and, and it's, it's much bigger than they could even have imagined. They didn't even know that this thing was a thing until we found the thing. See how specific that was? And sometimes we're praying to God and we're saying, God, I want this thing. It's kind of like we're the little child wanting the little toy, wanting the little trinket, wanting the, the little piece of gum, wanting the little candy. God, I want this. Answer my prayer and give me this. God's smiling. He's saying, I could. I could give you a whole bunch of those things. But I've got something even better. I've got something. Uh, it might be a no now, and it, it might hurt or sting a little bit that you, you don't have this answered, but I've got this in store immeasurably more than you might think or ask or imagine maybe 
God has something different in mind. Maybe God has something better in mind. I mean, if it was up to our kids, they'd eat like candy and ice cream for every meal, right? That's what they want. Candy, ice cream, pizza, mac and cheese, cheeseburgers, nuggets. I mean, if it was up to them, okay, forget you know, nugget, forget everything that's outside of sugar. It'd be like ice cream and brownies and cookies for every meal. If it's up to them. Now, as parents, we, we like some of that too, right? But we know that's not the best for our kids. So, we've got to sneak in some of those proteins and fruits and vegetables and grains and, and dairies and, and some of these other things to try to have a little, little better balanced meal and, and opportunity. Maybe, maybe they, want to, uh, they want to drive the car at the age of eight. That'd be fun. Maybe, maybe some of you as, as grandparents out in, the, out in the country, let them. But maybe that's not the wisest thing. They might want one of everything from the store. Maybe not the wisest or most affordable. We've got to trust that our Heavenly Father sees everything in our hearts and our lives and He knows what's best. Sometimes we pray and He says, I've got something different in mind. Sometimes we pray and He says, I've got something even better in mind. Number seven overall, maybe when we pray it's not answered or we feel it's not answered because maybe it's not God's will. Maybe our prayers aren't aligned with God and his will. Do we trust in his will more than in our will? 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him we know we can go to God if it's in his will he's gonna say yes even though we might think it's good and we believe it's right and we believe it should be a yes we can trust in God even when it's a no even when it's a wait he loves us enough not to give us something not part of his will Maybe it's not God's will. Maybe sometimes we're, we're praying for the wrong things. We're praying for our will rather than his will. I know we don't think that because we feel like our prayers are right. I mean, everything I ask for, I should get. It's perfect. It is the perfect Christian prayer list. God should say yes to everything I pray. In some cases, maybe it's not in accordance with his will. Good things, but maybe not God's will. Sometimes we're, it's not that we're doing it out of, out of sinfulness or, or out of wickedness. Sometimes it's just simply out of ignorance. We don't know what his will is, or maybe we're not sensitive enough to discern his heart and his will. We've got to have that trust to respond as Jesus did, right? Not my will, but yours be done. Sometimes, maybe it's because it's not God's will. Finally, this morning, number eight, maybe sometimes God doesn't respond or answer our prayers because it's not his, uh-oh, timing. 
Maybe it's not God's timing. We like the yes answers. We don't like the no answers. And we sure don't like the wait answers. Because as we said before, we want it when we want it, how we want it, as we want it. We want it now or today or better yet yesterday before I even prayed it, God. But sometimes it's not God's timing. God sees what's coming up. God sees what's down the road. We can trust in him and we can trust in his judgment. His timing is better than ours. We don't like his timing. 2 Peter 3, 8 puts it this way. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord. A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. And we say, God, I want it now. And he says, be patient, just a little bit. I mean, and we say, God, if you're, if you're looking at tomorrow, I mean, a day is like a thousand years. I don't have a thousand years, God. And we're antsy, and we're frustrated, and we say, now, God. You've never prayed that way, right? Sometimes, maybe, it's just not his will. Maybe it is his will. Maybe it is something that he desires to do, but it's not his timing. So we want the answer now, and God's saying, hold off or wait. been a number of years now as we followed the Lord's will and direction to come here as pastor. When that took place, we had two big decisions to make. We were looking to sell our house. And we were looking to buy a house. Many of you have done that as you've done a transition. And Kimmy being from the area, being from Ada, that made sense to kind of look in that area. And so we were looking at a bunch of different places and we brought an inspector into our house in Lima and, and had them kind of see what we might need to do and try to fix up a few things, get it ready. And our thought was, let's try to sell it on our own, maybe try to uh, make a little extra if we don't have to pay the realtor because we bought that house going uh, directly through the owners and, and I came up with some of the paperwork and that was kind of scary, but did the paperwork. So I thought, we got a little bit of experience with that. Let's try that route, see if we can, can sell it on our own and, and save a little bit of money. And so we fixed up some things, had a whole bunch of people coming through the house. Lots of people, oh, they wanted it. They wanted to rent it. Or they wanted land contracts. Let's just give you a little something. Whenever we feel like it every month, and at some point, maybe, we'll give you the rest of the money. That doesn't help us out. So we were, we were kind of struggling in that process and, and still looking at a bunch of other homes. And we get into spring and into summer, and and we felt like, I felt like, God had connected me to this couple in the area who was a Christian. I felt like God, God's bringing us to them, connecting with a Christian, and they, they were talking about moving in to move out of state, and they're going to need to sell their house. And I heard about their house, and I thought, wow, that, that sounds kind of nice. And, and they said, you know what? We had a realtor come, and, and they told us, here's how much you know, we think we could sell it for, but you know, maybe we'd try to sell it on our own, and, and to do it without the realtor, you know, we'd, we'd cut out all the realtor fees, and we'd sell it to you for less. Well, that sounded good. Well, it, was, it was honestly, it was a stretch for us. It was, 
it was more expensive than what we were hoping to do, but we thought, well, it seemed like maybe this was God leading us that direction. So this Christian couple assured us they'd give us X amount of time to try to get our house and, uh, sold or at least get a buyer, and they'd give us X amount of time before they would then list it with the realtor. Before X amount of time was up, the Christian couple called to say, sorry, but we're going to list it with a realtor. Now, should have been spiritual red flag number one, right? Christian couple who goes back on the word and says, yeah, sorry, but we, we need to list it with a realtor. So at that point, I did what I know none of you have ever, ever done. I jumped headlong into help God out mode. Oh, you've heard of somebody else who's done that, right? Yeah, you've heard of somebody. Yeah, you've never done it. I, I didn't think so. So right about that time, we had had a potential buyer to our house who looked at it, liked it, wanted it, but they made us too low of an offer. I mean, we were, we were feeling like, okay, we wanted this much, and well, we thought, well, if we drop it down reasonably, we think we could do this much, and this was still thousands of dollars be, below that. And we felt like we, we just had to say no. But now we get this, this word that the house we, we thought was going to be our house was going to be listed with a realtor. It was already a stretch for us, going, you know, through them by themselves. Now if they want with a realtor, they're going to jack the price up. Now how in the world are we going to afford that? And so, you know, it's, it's that husband provider mode. Got, got to do the very best for my wifey. So, yes, God, I'm, I'm going to step in and save the day, God. So what did I do? It's funny looking back on it. I talked and convinced Kimmy if we go back to, to our potential buyers and we take their offer, yes, it's thousands of dollars less, but that would secure that we have a deal in place for our house. Then we can go back to, to our potential sellers and say, we've got a deal. Now, don't list it with the realtor. Sell it to us for what you agreed to. And that would still be significantly less than going through the realtor at thousands of thousands of dollars of realtor fees. So that's what we did. I called her buyer back, said, hey, we talked about it. We changed her mind. We'll take, your, we'll take your offer. They said, yes. Boom, we got a verbal. Called these sellers back and said, hey, we talked about it. Uh, we, we decided to take a lower offer. We've got a verbal agreement with our, our buyers. Let, let's do a, a verbal agreement with, with you. And they said, yes. <sighs> Look at that, Pastor Mark. Stepping in and helping God out. Man, he's just saving the day. So we were going to go without the realtor on, on both of these. So I went to a real estate attorney that was recommended. Catch those words, real estate attorney. His job is doing paperwork and contracts for real estate transactions. I went through him and had him draw up the contract that we then presented and we all signed. 
And included in that, of course, was is the, the common sense, you know, you're able to have a, 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 a home inspection before purchase. So we had this contract. We all signed it. Went and did the, the home inspection. At the same time, we're, we're signing off on this other uh, sale of our house. So we do the home inspection. Brought the same inspector that we had to inspect our house, come and inspect this new potential house. Now, this Christian couple had assured us what an incredible house this was. Nothing wrong with this house. Except for something in every major area of the house in every room of the house. Roof, yeah. Air conditioning, yeah. Furnace, yeah. Refrigerator, yeah, doesn't work. Electrical, yeah. Plumbing, yeah. Attic, yeah. I mean... You name it, there was something wrong. And so I'm going through room by room with the inspector, and my heart is just sinking, sinking, sinking. I mean, this was it. And we're thinking, we're, we're stretching ourselves to get into this house. And he's finding item after item after item after item that needs fixing. So we have the inspection done. I talked to Kim. We talked to others. And so through our real estate attorney... We send word that we were going to void the contract because we had the inspection done like the contract says and, you know, it was not up to snuff in the inspection. So our Christian couple, through their attorney, comes back demanding that we complete the sale. Because, yes, the contract states that you are able to do an inspection but it does not specify that you are able to void or cancel the transaction based on what you find in the inspection. I'm thinking, that's the whole idea of an inspection. I go and I look at the paperwork, and sure enough, it simply says, we have the opportunity to do a home inspection. This is the real estate attorney we're paying money to to not include that one sentence that says you can void the contract based on. So now we're in a pickle. The Christian couple who said there's nothing wrong with the house through their attorney is demanding we buy their house for significantly more money than we really wanted to and have something in literally every aspect and area of the home that needed fixed. All the while, our sale of the house is going through, first-time home buyers, and they had a pretty stringent inspection, and they had an appraisal. And the weirdest thing, our house did not appraise for what it should have. We had, again, dropped the price to agree to it, and it came within $500. I know that that's pretty weird, because typically appraisers know, here's what it's going to sell for, and you pretty much don't quibble about 500 bucks. I mean, they, they usually, it magically appraises for what the sale amount is. It's just amazing how that works. Ours appraised at about 500 less. I said, okay, God, I'm listening. What wasn't our contract was this. It was contingent upon the sale of our house. And now the appraisal, not appraising for enough, was going to cause the sale of our house to not go through. So I explained that to 
our real estate attorney who explained it to their attorney, guess what they said? These Christian couple who, through the attorney, they basically said, we'll just sell the house for less based on what the appraisal is. And we said, no, thank you. Then it's a a battle. It's a waiting game. They still are forcing us or trying to force us to take even less money to make the appraisal fit, to make the sale go through, to then force us to buy their home. And we're stepping back saying, God, we're just going to let this deal fall through. And that's what we did. We let the deal fall through. We then had to wait like another month or two because they were, they were convinced that we should be able to do something to still make it work. And after a month or two, then they finally signed off, releasing us from the contract, from the house that they promised there was nothing wrong with. That was discouraging. It's months and months and months, and we're investing hundreds of dollars in a real estate attorney to seemingly not do his job. And we're back to square one. We don't have a house. We don't have a buyer. And just about every single one of these points that we're looking at today came true. God did have something different. We thought it was that one. It wasn't that one. It was a different one and a better one. It wasn't necessarily his will. Boy, I thought it was. I was was convincing Kimming it was, and I'm helping God out with the fact that it was. It wasn't his will. It wasn't his timing. And if you know, we ended up not just in the same neighborhood as the one that Kim grew up on, same street as the one Kim grew up on, but literally across the street from where she grew up, across the street from mom and dad and mama and papa. That over the time and over those months of all of this dragging out of trying to find this house and trying to sell our house, This other house had been on the market well before that, and it wasn't selling, so that price kept getting dropped. It was less than the other house that we were trying to stretch to get into. Now the blessing of the girls seeing Mamma and Papa every day before school and hanging out and all of the other things that we thought, why isn't this happening, God? God, I tried to help you out. God brought a full circle. The interesting thing was, months later, that same couple that wanted to buy our house still wanted to buy our house. And we ended up creatively being able to find and make something work. Later on, we sold our house. We moved into this house. God went before and blessed and guided and directed. Is it exactly how I wanted it to happen? Exactly my way and my will and my timing? No. I pretty much confessed I jumped in and bungled it pretty majorly. I did a great job of messing things up, trying to help God out. But then again, I bet you have too at some point. We pray and we pray. And we pray and we say, God, why are you not moving? Why are you not answering? Why are you not working in our midst? 
Maybe we're in broken relationships. Maybe we simply haven't prayed. Maybe it's wrong motives. Maybe we don't believe that God can or will. Maybe God's got something different in mind. Maybe God has something even better in mind. Maybe it's not truly his will. Maybe it's not truly his timing. 